0: Settling is not an option for me. Everything I desire is already mine. What if you can have it all? <laughs> because every day is for the girls. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of For The Girls. I'm your host, Victoria Alario. And today's interview is one that I have been waiting for, I am so excited about, and I told you all about it a few weeks ago. So if you listened to my episode on January 30th, it's called Manifestation Pleasure Portal with Abby Rogers. She's a sex, love, and relationships coach. I told you guys when I was kicking it off, like I had been on the lookout trying to find a sex therapist or a sex coach to interview, and then Abby... Totally like coincidentally, even though I don't believe in coincidences, but you know, fate as it was, had reached out to me at that same exact time offering to chat about the Manifestation Pleasure Portal, which is something that she created. So it was really different and cool and I was like, fuck it. Even though I'm looking for someone who is a sex coach and I'm about to interview one of these people that I just emailed... I'm just going to do this one too because it was something that was really interesting. So shared that interview and now I finally am interviewing one of the girls that I had actually emailed originally in the first place, someone that I was really looking to chat with and it is such a good one. And yes, I know it is definitely not common for me on this podcast to have two episodes about sex only three weeks apart, but they are both value-packed in different ways and so worth the listen. So today's guest is Erica Osborne, and Erica is a woman's pleasure and orgasm expert and pleasurable pregnancy and birth coach. She is from Sweden, but she works with women all over the world as her mission is to help women experience sensual power and sexual confidence this conversation was so educational and even if you're not currently pregnant or planning on becoming pregnant we do get into a lot about pleasurable pregnancy because that is what she specializes in. And it was so interesting to hear how you can actually have a really, really good birth experience. It does not have to be traumatic. It does not have to be scary and crazy. And her word, the way that she likes to mainly describe it is ecstatic. So I had never heard somebody talk about giving birth as ecstatic before, but it is just so cool. So good. But of course, like I said, she's an orgasm expert, so literally every single girl needs to hear this. This episode is truly for the girls, so let's get into it. Okay, everybody, please welcome Erica. I am so excited for this interview. Erica, introduce
1: yourself to the girls. Hi, girls. <laughs> mm-hmm. I am Erica. I um, call myself the leading sex and birth coach in Sweden. Uh, because I am (laughs) Um, but I'm also I also work internationally and online as a sex and birth coach but I am from Sweden I live in Sweden so I'm a sex coach a sexuality teacher retired nurse former nurse and I've done lots of crazy stuff um, like theater and dancing and stuff and traveled the world. And through my own sexual awakening and healing at the age of 28, I realized that, oh my God, there's so much personally for me to explore here. And that turned into a career path. And I eventually ended up being a sex coach, which is like a really strange job to
0: have. (laughs) So so. an uncommon job, I will say (laughs) it's not exactly common.
1: No, no. Like when I call the tax office here in Sweden, they're like, you do what? Like they're like, they don't know what, what like, you know, code to put on my business and stuff. Um, But so I specialize in female sexuality. I help women uh, reclaim their pleasure, sensual delight and sexual confidence. And I also call myself an orgasm expert. And so uh, that's what I did initially. And then I got pregnant, gave birth and realized through that journey, how transformational and exciting static and amazing birth can be. And I was like, for the second time in my life, I was like, holy fuck, this should not be a secret to women. I've got to do work around this. And so that's when I started developing my own birth coaching method. And that's what I do as well now. So that's me. Amazing. Amazing. I want to
0: ask because I know that you say you were a nurse and that you ended up having your own like awakening but did one lead to the other at all like because being a nurse you see so much so I don't know if that had anything to do with this that's like a little interesting that
1: transition Uh, it had nothing to do with my orgasmic expansion Uh okay (laughs) (laughs) um because I mean sure Working as a nurse, it is actually funny because when I was working as a nurse, I did my uh, minor thesis, my bachelor thesis on sexuality related topics. So there was an academic connection. On, on, obviously, there was a, a, a deeper interest inside of me uh, about sexuality, but I was still very sexually repressed at that point. So it came through as an academic uh, curiosity and, and so, but in nursing school, they don't teach you about orgasms and like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how to have the best sex of your life. And so I had to find the answers to my questions and, uh, and uh, actually find my questions to begin with in other places. And then the solutions, right. Right. You're like, I don't even know what questions I'm asking, let
0: alone answer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- yeah that so you like you said, you you consider yourself an orgasm expert, which is what like really made me want to interview you because that's in your Instagram bio. So I don't know if I told you how I found you in the first place. So I had been wanting to interview, whether it be a sex therapist, a sex coach, like something in this area. I know that there's all different titles and accolades and all that. And so I DM'd my social media friend, Michelle Panning, which I think, you know, oh,
1: that that's is. the connection. Yes.
0: So I DM'd her and I'm like, you are like the feminine of all the feminines and you know all the things and you know everything. So I'm like, who like, give me a few girls that you think would be a good fit for me to do this. Of course, I was doing my own research, but I'm just like, she's like, why not go straight to the source? Like she knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She- yeah. So, and I love a friend who's like not afraid to refer people to you. Like, they're not like, oh, I don't know any, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I yeah, just yeah. Love that. yeah. Um, and she, and I I call her a friend, but we only met because of we, we collabed on our podcasts. Um, Anyway, long story short, she sent me a bunch of people. I went through everyone and I did email everyone, but. I emailed you first because you had the orgasm expert in your bio. And I was like, I want her. <laughs> I like her.
1: <laughs> um,
0: and funny enough, no, none of the other girls responded except for you. I always say girls because this is called for the girls, but I know women. Sorry, it's just I always say girls. It comes out naturally. Yeah. But none of the other women replied except for you. And I was like, the- we're on the same, we're aligned. We are on the same page. Um, so yes, Michelle is the connection. I wasn't sure if I told that to you in our email. No,
1: that's so funny. I love Michelle. And, uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's, it's a, it's a special and like particular kind of woman who will uplift other women. And Michelle does that. And it's actually funny. I, I have her on as a guest teacher in one of my online courses called Academy. Um, Yes, it's great. We, we did yeah. an episode on like the seductress
0: archetype and all that. Yeah. So I'm like, who knows this more than Michelle? So I'm yeah, just yeah, yeah. On. amazing. Um, Thanks, Michelle. Um, yes, cool. Right, well, yeah, I'm, And that gives yeah. everybody a little bit of a lesson, whoever's listening, just in general, like, you know, don't be uh, scarce. Don't be stingy with your referrals because a really good connection could happen. And you yeah. can never miss out by like helping people. Like you're never going to yeah. lose anything by giving, you know, you're only going to receive more. So anyway, I, I, that's why I really wanted to work with you, like to interview you. Um, and anyway, the whole expert thing, I'm like, okay, so let's get straight into it. So um, I want to know, cause like you said, uh, having, you know, re- repressions. I think that you said that that was like sexual, re- sexually repressed and, you know, obviously probably not having great sex, mediocre, if not bad sex, not being able to really orgasm. I think that that's unfortunately really, really, really common. So what would you say are some of the common reasons that women experience these issues and how could they really, make that change the way that you did like how and one thing that you say is not only to be orgasmic but multi-orgasmic having multiple orgasms in one experience so how can somebody transition from blockages and being repressed to that having just like transformational um you know pleasure and orgasm
1: yeah so There is, of course, so many different individual variations and depending on your background and your upbringing and religious stuff and um, experiences and so on and so on. But there is a kind of, I would say, a kind of transformation blueprint uh, or some like really specific things or like universal things that one needs to go through in order to um, experience this and the first thing that I see as the, the reason for women being so sexually disempowered and repressed and um, experiencing absence of pleasure and orgasm, I would say the number one reason is that they are not in ownership of their sexuality, that they feel like passengers in their sexuality that they are not embodied in their sexuality so if you think of it as like a house and this house is deserted and abandoned and there's no electricity and like the windows are broken and there's no one home and there's no central heating and like if there's any furniture it's like not really like thought out like specifically like if that's your sexuality and no one's home it's not so great to invite someone over to have you know a dinner or you know invite a date over. And so that was my experience and I see this as a very common experience for most women. They're not at home in their sexuality. It's like they're not inhabiting it. Not their sexuality as in like the the overarching sort of holistic umbrella term of the experience, but also specifically like in the flesh. They're not feeling like their genitals belong to them, not in connection with their sexual parts and pieces and sexual organs and so if you compare that to a house where someone's living there's all of the stuff like it's decorated there's heating there's light there's electricity you can definitely tell someone's home and you come into that space and you're like oh wow it feels so nice and cozy here i want to stay here forever and it feels great and you as the hostess is like i feel really proud of this place and maybe it's not perfect And there's room for improvement, but like, I live here. This is my space. I take care of it. I make sure like, this is where I put the candle. And like, I've chosen this couch and I like clean. And so so when you invite someone over to have dinner or inviting guests over, you're like, I'm a hostess and I feel at home here and I am empowered and sovereign in this space. And that's the number one difference I see between most women and most men. And there are obvious reasons for that. Of course, conditioning, uh, lack of role models, um, people pleasing, like a lot of the things that we learn explicitly, implicitly from society and uh, all of that. But it manifests as this experience of not feeling like you own your sexuality on like the very core foundational level in your experience with and within yourself. And so that was my experience. But I had sex. I had sex for 13 years before I really realized it, right? So yes, I was having mediocre sex. I was having sometimes pretty good sex, but I couldn't really, I didn't, it didn't ever really feel like it was for me. And I was really, truly like satiated and satisfied afterwards because that core feeling of like, this is mine was missing from my life. And it had been missing for a long time. And it wasn't until I cultivated that experience that it started to you know, radically change.
0: Wow. Well, first things first, I love that whole analogy of the house. I think that that is such a good visual for people to really understand if you had to like paint the picture of like what it means. I think that that absolutely nails it. I guess that is why you are the expert, but that is that it's so true because I think that Going back to how you said uh, a lot of women feel like the passenger, it's almost like the passenger, sometimes you might be a a co-pilot and giving the directions, but for the most part, a passenger is just along for the ride and doesn't express or doesn't communicate. And I, I think that a lot of women have a lot of issues with communicating and expressing the directions to go they're not really in their co-pilot you know mode. they're just more like letting the driver do what they have to do and get them to the destination but the destination doesn't always end up in an orgasm so i yeah. think i think that's a big thing and y- you know i talk about um being single a lot and why i chose celibacy and why casual sex is not exactly all it's cracked up to be it because if you're single and having sex with different partners all the time, you might not feel that comfortable expressing yourself to all different partners. You might have you might feel like you have to start from scratch all over again if you're not like a hundred percent you know in ownership of your sexuality, completely connected. If you're someone who's like just really comfortable with a partner and you're comfortable with your boyfriend telling him that might be a little bit different than being single. And, you know, if you sleep with five different guys and they're all different personalities and they're all different ways and you're like, I don't know how to communicate to each of these guys. I would say that that's that's right there. Exactly it. Like they're just not in full ownership. And so, yeah, communication is going to be really hard and then it might not be easy to exactly get what you want from the sexual experience.
1: Yeah. So it, it boils down to like, how are you going to communicate what you want, what you need? If you don't know, how are you going to speak from a place of conviction or uh, from a place of authenticity? If you don't feel like these parts and this experience truly belongs to you. And I mean, at the age of 28, I mean, I'm going to be totally honest here. Like I hadn't really masturbated as if I was my own lover touching myself like like fully enveloped in the experience of being like wow I'm having a sexual experience with myself and I had never really really touched myself internally and really felt how my vagina felt it's was either like like put a tampon in or like really mechanically and so I didn't have a love or sexual relationship with myself. And so I was a passenger because I needed a another person and I'm almost like exclusively heterosexual. Like I would say majority like leaning towards heterosexuality. Um,
0: Yeah, I get a few slip-ups in there, but I'm mainly, (laughs) mostly into men.
1: (laughs) I mean, I get curious sometimes and uh, uh, I'm not the one to say no to an adventure, but like (laughs) I have mostly had heterosexual, sexual experiences. And so mostly I was like, I access my, my sexuality only through the permission or the uh, presence of a man. And so that's massive, right? Because men don't really experience it that way right and for women it's like you need we need to step up our game and like step into that arena and be like hey this is my my body and it's fucking amazing being a woman like let me revel in my own pleasure and fall in love with my pussy can i say these words
0: you say whatever you want
1: <laughs> okay good <laughs> um and like, get to know myself inside out and learn what it means to fuck myself and and i have this quote like don't fuck other people until you can truly fuck yourself truly and satisfyingly fuck yourself and if you've never had that experience a you're missing out and b you can have better sex if you know how to have sex with yourself okay okay <laughs>
0: Okay. So we'll talk about that in in one second, Um, but I want to go back to when people have these blockages. um, I would say that it's fair to assume that most people don't even know because of their blockages, how orgasms and how pleasure can really impact their life. Can you tell us why, like, why, why is this so important? Obviously we get why you went into it from, um, learn, you wanted to learn for your own experience, but how has all of learning, all of this impacted your life and why, how can it impact others?
1: Yeah. So how do I best say this? I mean, your sexuality is a core part of a human experience humans are innately sexual and our eroticism is a facet of our human experience that is just so so very special right it's so very unique to humans I mean penguins don't sexually fantasize not that we know of (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. or like wear lingerie or create sexual stories and have this like multi-faceted faceted vast deep and diverse sexuality and eroticism it's very unique to humans and it's a part of your human experience that is a um, it's a source of power so we can I can answer that question in a few different ways so Thousands of years ago, the, the, the in the tantric tradition and in the Taoist tradition, so Eastern mystical traditions, they knew that sexuality was a raw source of power. They The Taoists say that your sexual energy is your life force energy, and it's the basic fuel for humans. And then if you cultivate sexual energy through conscious sexual practices or self-pleasure and, and sensuality... You are literally like charging your batteries and your system with this life force energy. And then you can use that energy to alchemize it and transmute it into emotional energy and to higher consciousness. So you can experience enlightenment and higher consciousness through uh, transmuting your sexual energy. And so they have a whole system for that. So sex is great for the fun, the, the the pleasure, the orgasms and all of that, like the mo- more like mainstream modern uh, version or like idea or uh, ex- uh, appreciation of sex. But there are also deeper elements of it. And so that's one piece, like the energetic and the life philosophy piece around it and what it's capable of providing for you. But on, a, on an identity level or like a, a personal human experience level, it's like if one part of your body is invisible to you, and let's say you, i mean uh, uh, i like to speak in metaphors because it's just easy right so imagine if you just ignored the left part of your body and you only lived in your right side of your body how one dimensional your experience would be and so it's kind of the same with your your sexuality if you're not if you're not enjoying embracing and embodying your sexuality there is an important part a very core and important part of your human experience that you're missing out on and so there is a feeling of fragmentation because you're not whole right on like it's like just like erasing australia from the map and like you guys fuck off you don't get to be here anymore <laughs> like you don't exist and all of them are standing like the 22 million australians are like what the fuck, mate? You can't do this to us. We exist. (laughs) And so your pussy is kind of the same and your sexual organs, they're like, hey, we exist and we have something to provide. We have wisdom. We have consciousness. And so there's that. And when you, if you negate or like neglect a whole part of your physical realm, you're also actually neglecting a part of your brain because mind-body connected, there's important parts of your neuronal system, your nervous system that are deeply in, intertwined and integrated in your sexual organs and so it's almost like you're missing out on parts of your brain and parts of your consciousness by not being there and then it's like when we work with this core part if you embrace that core part and you're and doesn't mean you have to have a perfect sexuality i don't it's not about that but like at least you're like consciously taking care of it consciously enjoying embracing your sensuality your sexuality it impacts all areas of your life. It changes how you show up. It changes how you walk, talk, dress, and, and how you just move through life because all of a sudden you're like, wow, I feel different from the inside out. And so it literally impacts all areas of your life. And when you become so deeply connected with this experience, your, your sexuality, your, your sexual parts and pieces it's a, it's a treasure trove of wisdom. You really tap into a a specific um, kind of magic inside. And when you've had orgasms that change the way that you look at life, that change the way that you think about being a human, about being a woman, when you've had orgasms that blow your mind and take you to a different realm and make you cry and laugh and like, you know, make you just feel like, holy fuck, this life is worth living. Then you know that a life without pleasure and orgasm is surviving and not thriving.
0: Mm. Wow. So good. So good. And, you know, they always say like, just in general, you could tell when someone's like had really good sex, like they have a little bit more pep in their step and things like that. And you can tell when someone hasn't had sex in a long time, they're a little bit more. So it is funny because it. I know you said it in a much more like spiritual deeper way but then and i feel like we've always heard like oh that girl needs to get laid or that guy needs to get laid or you could tell that he just got laid um yeah. so it is something that we've kind of always known but it's almost like it's subconscious in the back of our heads it's not like it's really like conscious like on the forefront the way that you're saying it so yeah. I, that's that's very interesting <laughs> to hear
1: yeah, and it's funny because I before we started recording, I told you I picked a fight with my husband this morning and I was a bitch, total bitch to him. And uh and we were like texting, like, sorry, making up and like and then I was like, I need dick. <laughs> that's why like, I'm that's grumpy. All it is. That's all <laughs> it is. I need dick. And he's like, Yeah, come home, I'll fuck you tonight. So you stop being so grumpy. So like <laughs> even this sex coach forgets sometimes yeah and it's only been like four days mind you but like still
0: yeah (laughs) but you know what we're all human and we all go through things
1: yeah 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 so feeling grumpy get laid um (laughs) but yeah I just want to circle back to like one of like you just mentioned some of the common reasons why um people experience this or women experience this experience of not being home um, and some common like blockages so it's like um a feeling of it, it not being safe a feeling of limiting beliefs thought patterns belief systems about sex and pleasure and things like that religious and societal conditioning um explicit implicit messages about sex and your body and what it means to be a sexual woman and girl and teen and all of that growing up Um, peer pressure slut shaming like there are so many different contributing factors to why we over a long period of time develop this disconnection and this disembodiment with our sexuality and it's not your fault and there's a solution right because I always thought during those like 13 years of like not enjoying or feeling so confused and all that, that something was innately wrong with me. And I've realized that that's simply not true for like 99.9% of people or I would say everyone who has an intact nervous system can experience pleasure and orgasm. And if you're not, it's not because something's wrong with your hard, what like the hard what's it called? Hard drive, like hard wiring. Uh-huh. So it's software issues, right? You just need to update your software, your All your, your
0: analogies. I, I know,
1: to I'm killing you. it.
0: So, gotta <laughs> update the software, reboot the drive.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So there's not something innately wrong with you, but because we think we ought to know sex, we ought to know how to have pleasure. Everyone's doing it is just me because people also lie and tell a lot of, you know, just like spread a lot of bullshit around like what they do, you know, and, and no one really shares about their vulnerable insecurities and their orgasm issues and the bad sex and all of that. So we don't have an accurate understanding of how sex works and how to make it better and And what the solutions are to sexual problems. And there are plenty of people who have sexual problems. I know. I meet them daily.
0: (laughs) I'm sure that you do experience this and have these conversations with all of your clients on a daily basis. And I want to go back to how you talked about don't fuck other people until you can fuck yourself properly. So I'm sure that this is something that you speak with your clients a lot about. Do you like, how would you really explain to a client how important self-pleasure and masturbation is and how would you explain to them what makes it different from having sex with a partner?
1: Yeah, this is a great question. And so I want to give everyone this gift of understanding the difference between self-pleasure and masturbation. So masturbation is goal-oriented. I want to have an orgasm. Uh, I'm going to give myself an orgasm. Boom, done. Self-pleasure is like yoga but for your sexuality it's like a whole system where you show up on the mat uh, you show up on the bed and you you know meet yourself where you are you have an overarching goal but no specific goal in the moment you allow yourself to have healing experiences and meet your resistance and have challenging emotions come up and that's part of the practice it's a practice rather than a goal oriented i'm going to have an orgasm um And in self-pleasure, we can learn to have new types of pleasure and expand our uh, orgasmic capacity because there is that like uh, permission to learn, explore and experiment. And so I think it's really important for women to have self-pleasure practices and Maybe it's hard to just like figure that out on your own. And that's where someone like me comes in because I literally teach it right you get like audio guided practices touch your way touch yourself this way touch yourself that way use breathing sounding like you learn these tools, they're actual tools. and these are just like innate capacities or like skills of the body that you just develop. It's not like a sex toy or, a, you know, an external tool. So that's a self-pleasure practice, but you can do, you can develop it on your own, set an intention. I'm going to explore my body with the intention to just learn and see where it brings me, for example, and have a, uh, and have that, uh, on a weekly basis or bi-weekly and see how it allows your sexuality to grow and expand And then masturbate for sure, if you want to uh, Mm -hmm. as well, right? Um, But having this self-pleasure and masturbation gives you that experience. It will, you will cultivate the feeling that your sex is first and foremost for you and something that is uh, personal and yours. And you develop that sense of like sexual autonomy and sovereignty. So that's what it helps um like that's what it provides for a woman and then from that place you can so generously share your sexuality and your body with a partner and a partnered sexual experience can also feel like self-pleasure you can even agree like today we're going to explore sex together without a necessary goal for example or just remove the orgasm goal because it puts so much pressure on people and and of course I teach, um, I, you know, I say I'm an orgasm expert, but I also tell people don't have an orgasm, remove the orgasm goal. If you've never had an orgasm, you need to, you need to actually remove the goal altogether in order to give yourself the opportunity to be present with what is the only way to have an orgasm. If you've never had one is actually to completely remove the goal, Right. Because it puts so much pressure, puts you in the thinking mind, puts you in the analytical part of the mind, and it makes it really hard to be present. So that's what self-pleasure can do for someone. And so that's a little bit the difference between, um, well, there's a difference between masturbation and self-pleasure, and then the difference between self-pleasure and masturbation and sex with a partner. But a sex with a partner can also, of course, help you and aid you in your, pers- in your sexual evolution. So partners can bring you to places you cannot go on your own, and it can also trigger stuff that you cannot access on your own. So partnered sex is amazing and also, of course, contributes to someone's sexual expansion and growth, for example.
0: Right. Okay. So I know, like we said, orgasm expert, I also know something that I don't think that you mentioned. I know you mentioned that you had a really amazing birth experience in the beginning of this, but when we talked, you mentioned something like having an orgasmic birth.
1: Am I right? Yeah.
0: Yes. Okay. So that's the first time that I've ever heard of anything like that being possible. Usually I hear things like, don't do it. They're like, it's the most traumatic experience ever. It's the craziest experience ever. So I'm excited to hear a little bit more on, on your experience personally, because I would say that most women already anticipate having a negative birth experience, which ultimately manifests as that. It results in a negative birth experience. So Tell us how you made yours such a positive experience and walk us through the do's and don'ts.
1: Yeah. Mindset is so, 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 so key, right? Um, Fear is one of the biggest blockages. One of the biggest, yeah, like the the fear of birth really fucks things up, Mm -hmm. like, and and it's all connected, right? If you're, if you fear sex, if you fear men, you're not going to stay embodied and feel like, oh, this is a safe space to play and hang out and let my body relax and come into an altered state of being and have an orgasm. It's the same with birth. And so uh, uh, it's my opinion and my lived experience. And I see this with my clients as well, that pregnancy and birth are an extension of your sexuality what our society has done, our modern Western medicalized society, what it's done is it's completely severed birth from sex birth from sexuality and physiological birth from something that evolution perfected over millennia. And it fucking blows my mind, right? most OBGYNs and midwives who work in the medical system have never, ever attended or seen a physiological undisturbed birth without any intervention. Mm. That's a travesty. It's, I would say it's, I mean, it's it's shocking. How can you? It's like, <laughs> I don't I don't have a metaphor for this, but it's like, <laughs> <laughs> she's out of metaphors, guys. I'm out of metaphors. Oh no. But it's like, <laughs> how you know, if you're supposed to work with birth and help someone have a birth, but you've never seen what a birth can be, how can you support someone to have a positive experience, right? So there's so much projection and so much unnecessary intervention and so much fear. It's among, already
0: filled in you. As soon as you're pregnant, they tell you all the things to do. And- yeah,
1: and also you know with the with the caretakers and and bless the ones who try you know and who who have a pretty positive approach to it, but when they work within a system that is so heavily invested in intervention and in um, preventing stuff bad stuff from happening. Uh, you actually (laughs) instead uh, cause it, right? And so it comes back to this, um, you know, for the the woman, when you get pregnant, it's instead of feeling like, wow, like this is such a journey, exciting with my body, this is going to expand my idea, my version of myself, it's going to positively impact the way I experience my body, what it's capable of doing. I'm becoming this sexy fertility goddess. I am invested in my pleasure, my sensuality, sensuality and sexuality and pleasure are assets to my pregnancy journey. It will support me in staying embodied, staying positive, feeling juicy. Um, and it can positively impact me during birth as well. Have you, have you ever heard anyone say that? Never. <laughs> right? Right. <It's
0: not. laughs>
1: And me being a sex coach when I became pregnant and having done like all this work, all of the practice, all of the stuff, you know, for years when I became pregnant, I was like, hang on a minute. I'm going to give birth through my pussy. It's literally the same organs and the same kind of process. And also on a hormonal level, it's the same hormones yeah. <laughs> that gets the baby in, that gets the baby out. I'm like, I'm just going to actually, I'm just going to apply the same tools that I've been using to expand my sexuality on preparing for birth and let's just see what happens. And what happened was that I felt uh, like I could really move through pregnancy, sorry, move through birth with so much grace and ease, and really allow myself to have a transcendental, ecstatic experience. Um. And so when I say I had an orgasmic birth, I don't mean I had an orgasm during birth. I mean, I had an orgasmic experience where I felt incredible amounts of energy. Mm. Uh, I was embodied. I experienced an incredible sense of mind shift and like, like a mind altered state. I was in a altered state of mind. I felt ecstatic energy in my system. I felt so big and so powerful and like I could do anything and I was also immensely challenged by it it was hard I'm not gonna lie like I had an unmedicated unmedicated birth experience and that shit was hard yeah, right know. so it's not about like oh la-di-da-di i am had this hippie like experience and you know it's so easy no it was it was it was challenging and it challenged me but there were moments of an incredible power, incredible forces moving through me. I felt so connected with nature and I felt at times that there was pleasure that uh, resembled orgasmic uh, sensations and it was very ecstatic. And ecstasy is something that you can experience in the gym when running a marathon, when writing poetry, when laughing with your friends, so ecstasy is not exclusively related to sex, right? So sometimes I use the word ecstatic instead because people don't get too hung up on like the orgasm piece. Yeah, the ecstasy. It's uh, it sounds like a different word. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but sometimes I used orgasmic just to like get people like, what, you did what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, did yeah. What? <laughs> yeah.
0: Like I'm listening now. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. But so women listening, you can give birth and feel like a fucking goddess and have a challenging yet. So rewarding experience. It's not a curse. It's a blessing. And your body was made to do this. It's been developed and perfected over millennia of year in evolution in the way that we are biologically and physiologically created. There's nothing innately wrong with us that can't, that prevents us from giving birth. All of that is fear-mongering and misunderstanding and lack of knowledge in the medical system that is invested in making money off of your failure, (laughs) quotes, failure in giving birth. Yeah. And then with my clients, I'm just going to say also, I don't preach and teach that everyone has to have unmedicated home births. I say, have all the drugs if you want them birth in a hospital, if that's where you feel safest. But, uh, again, it comes back to like this house, like you are giving birth, you can do it. It's your experience. You're central. You're the subject you give birth no one delivers your baby. You deliver your baby. You give birth. Your body was made to do this. And if you want to, it can be a really powerful and positive experience.
0: Yeah. So what would be, I, we know a don't is don't go into it with the negative mindset. What are some other do's and don'ts? If there's like simple little things that people, well, nothing about this is really simple, but if you were to break it
1: down, for yeah.
0: people listening.
1: so yeah don't fear birth do develop a mindset that is really positive and that eradicates fear uh don't listen to other people and what they say you should do start listening to your intuition and and listen really to your body if you don't feel safe with your OBGYN, if you don't like the birth center change you're the customer you're paying them even if you're in a in like sweden where we have um you know a, a tax subsidized healthcare system you're still you're still the customer, you're paying, right? Um, So you have rights. So do learn about your rights. Do learn about autonomy. Um, I would say, don't think of birth as a medical externalized non like it, it almost like when women get pregnant, it's almost like they just hand over their pussy to the healthcare system and like, just like cut it off from their integral sense of like, this is the sexual part of my body. And it's like, boom, this is a medical space. It needs to be sterile. Anyone can put their fingers inside. If the doctor says, oh, I just have to spread my legs. It's like, no, you can give consent. You ought to give consent. And this is still a very sacred and private part of your body. So do still think of your sexual organs as sexual. They are sexual organs that have the alternative function of also giving birth. Um, don't start to like bury your sexual identity and feel like it's bad to have sex and feel grossed out about sex. Do embrace your sexuality and your sensuality and your pleasure because it's an energy that is so supportive. And if you do that, you're going to feel like it's easier to maintain your sexual identity after you've given birth because you haven't already begun the process of like killing off your sexual identity and if mama is happy well fucked sensual um you know delicious feeling good then baby is happy so a lot of women feel like oh it's gross or even men like oh it's gross to like have sex when you're pregnant No, the baby, you're not going to bump its head and nothing's like that's going to happen. Like the the positive cocktail of hormones that you experience during sex and intimacy are so beneficial for the baby during um, pregnancy and also during birth. So do think of birth as a kind of very intimate experience. Do think of birth as What would I need to feel safe to have sex? Try to create that environment for birth as well. Because again, it's the same hormones during sex that gets the baby in that are present during birth that get the baby out. So it's oxytocin, it's all of these wonderful hormones and we are mammals giving birth. And so you need to feel safe, safe, safe. Like safety is so, so, so key um and i would say also do don't just think that uh the doctors or the whatever people will deliver the baby for you and that you don't you know or like well this is nature i don't need to do anything i don't need to prepare do prepare It's like running a marathon and or doing anything that's like very physically straining that you've never done before. So do prepare, educate yourself about the different stages of labor, what to expect, but find that information for someone who knows about physiological birth, like hypnobirthing. Do read the books of Ina May Gaskin, for example, Spiritual Midwifery or Childbirth. I think Ina May's Guide to Childbirth where she brings back ancient and traditional wisdom um, and like birth positive, women positive um, information about physiological birth and um, read about that. It's very hippie, but it's very, very accurate and applies very much to um, like any woman at any point of time in in, um, society and history. Um, so do prepare yourself on an, uh, on a mental level with education and on a physical level, I would say really touch yourself. Like if you've never seen your vulva, look at your vulva, because if you're having a lot of sexual hangups and shame, and you're going to give birth, you're going to be coming up against those, um, like limitations. You're naked when you give birth, like you're inevitably going to have to like strip yourself so raw and vulnerable when you give birth. And so it's very um, beneficial to feel like you can be naked with yourself and really feel like I live in this body. So again, your sexuality is so related to pregnancy and birth. So embrace that. Uh, I could go on. I mean, to- <laughs> You're like, I could give my whole uh, thing right here. The whole- like this is my birth coaching. <laughs> get it here. But Yeah. And, uh, and get your partner on board and um, really, really, yeah. Prepare mind, mind, body, spirit, soul, pussy for giving birth and it will support you. And then of course you got to release expectations because I mean, I, I just had I actually was just on the phone with my midwife today because I'm pregnant and I'm oh. going to yeah I'm going to be giving birth again for the second time in July and so I called her to plan for my home birth again and um, and you can have an intention you can have a desire but ultimately you have to let go of expectations because you don't know what's going to happen mm-hmm. so it's really really um, like surrendering to that Um yeah.
0: I love that you just mentioned about getting your partner on board. I was just away and I was completely overhearing a conversation. I was not involved in the conversation, but I was listening. And uh, it's a girl who's pregnant as she's very far along, I think. And she, um, yeah, I think she was like over seven months and she was talking to one of the girls about how, you know, the hospital that she picked and how, she was so happy that she um, got in that hospital because they have a requirement where you and your partner, like in order to actually have your birth there, you and your partner have to go to the classes. So Mm -hmm. say there's like four or five classes. Um, And I, I, I did miss what these classes were, but it was more of like, they make it like you and your partner have to go through these things you can't do it alone. Like it, this is what's required to have your birth here. And she was just saying like how it's like the best experience ever yeah. because not, you know, not many, I don't know it, maybe it's a special type of hospital or something like you have to get accepted and something like that. And she was just saying, it's like the best experience that you know he goes with her, he's completely involved, he's just as excited as she is, he's just as much reading the books and doing the things as she is. It's not just yeah. like she's learning everything and then he's just gonna show up like I'm here, like the day of the birth. Um, so yeah, I did overhear her, and I was like, Yeah, that was that was really nice.
1: That's amazing. Yeah, because your your partner, if you choose to have them with you, I mean that can sometimes be a choice I don't want my partner, but these right. days, most women want their partner with them and the partner is, you know, can really be your doula in a way. Um, that's, was my experience. And yeah, I, I, I invite, I brought my partner along, my husband to read books with me. We did breathing practices together. He would like read my hypnobirthing um, mantras and I'd be breathing. He did. He gave me perineal massage. We did like all of these, like, um, physical practices where he was like touching my vulva and like we were we did lots of beautiful things together so I think as much as possible he felt prepared and that also gives your partner a sense of direction and especially if it's a man men love knowing like this is what I need to do in order to feel successful like that kind of clear direction and so he had he had a mantra he could tell me he knew how to sort of like deal with different situations and he felt included in the experience with me. Um, and, and that helped me also relax. Um, so that's great. I made him watch, I watched like, I don't know how many hours of birthing videos of physiological birth. That's another of my do's, watch videos of women giving birth um, because you need to like, because of the way we live in our society, we're completely um, separated from childbirth, right? And until you give birth yourself, you've never been exposed to a woman giving birth. Imagine 100 years ago, my grandmother gave birth. She was born in the barn. You know, her aunties were there and it was a community thing. Right. The village like gathered around and maybe there was a doctor or a midwife. But like these days, it's like it happens in that sterile environment in the hospital where sick people are right, where things go wrong. And so and nowadays, think-
0: you're fa- at least here, your family's not even allowed up. Like yeah. I remember when we used to go up and, you know, be there and hold like everyone kind of like had a little experience like over the next day or two holding the baby and all that. But now it's like, that's not even a thing. Like you can't even go yeah. up to. We uh when when my cousin had her baby, we were like taking shifts like not even going to the room just sitting in the waiting room because the, yeah. they don't let more than two people even sit in the waiting room. So we're like taking shifts of who could go to the waiting room who sits in the car we're like going back and forth. and yeah, I mean, and that that's only a newer thing too, I would say that you can't even sit in the waiting room and all that kind yeah. of stuff. you can't go in the room at all, like no chance to be like, going in the room so
1: yeah just getting that visual experience of like okay I see that this can be done because otherwise I mean I remember when I got pregnant I was like how the fuck is a baby gonna go through my my vaginal canal like this is insane this is I you know it's hard to fathom and actually believe that it's possible (laughs) to give birth because it's so crazy. Like the biggest thing I've had inside my pussy is like a big dick or like a big dildo. And it's like that times what, 10? It's like, how how am I going to stretch? Like how this is even possible? And so there can be an incredible sense of disbelief that it's even possible because you've never seen it happening. And then we see ER like shows on TV. I saw um, Firefly Lane on Netflix. There was a birth scene. Horrendous, right? They just picture it in these horrendous ways. And if that's the only visual and if visual experience you have of it, if the only narrative is it doesn't work, uh, someone else needs to take the baby out and it's a fucking shit show and it's the worst trauma and and curse ever. If that's what you're operating from in terms of belief system, you are literally like already fucking things up, like we said. So watching birth videos of women giving birth in different situations in different positions is so beneficial because then when your body tells you to like stand up when you're in giving, when you're in labor, but you're like, no, I'm not. You you go against your intuition. You go against your impulses. And so birth is really about developing the ability to listen to your impulses and follow them because your body knows how to give birth. It will give you an impulse of like, no, I need to stand up now. And so I did a lot of my laboring standing. If I had not seen that in videos and in art, women standing giving birth, I would have absolutely disregarded my impulse to stand, right? Or to kneel or to squat or to like move in different ways. So that's really, really, really helpful. And I made my husband watch it too. And there's a really lovely video called Orgasmic Birth by Debra Pascalito something. it's, it's a bit old school, it's a bit hippie, but it's really amazing. You can rent, you can um, you can rent it on like Vimeo or something. Watch that video. Even if you' even if you're gonna give birth in like 10 years, watch that video now. Just to like if you if, if you ever want to give birth, I say watch that video because it will change the way you think of yourself as a woman. It will change the way you look at childbirth and you can become like a beacon of light for your friends when they're giving birth and just be like, hey, you know what? There's an no alternative experience available to you. It doesn't have to be so fucked up.
0: Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Well, you certainly answered all of my questions and then some. So Yay. Is there anything else <laughs> that you want listeners to hear before we wrap it up?
1: Um, it gets to get better. So again, there are solutions to your problems. And As a woman ages and gets older, her sexuality can just like continue to blossom and thrive. I have clients in their sixties and seventies who are having the best sex of their lives. Your sexuality does not have a best before date or like an expiry date. And as a woman, when your age starts to show or you start to age and you start to like not look so young and like maybe pretty anymore your sexuality can continue to thrive and just like get better and better and better usually women start to really come into their sexual empowerment from their 40s onwards and it gets for many women better after menopause and so you have so much to look forward to and um And yeah, like let that just land, and some like remember that at some point, and and then (laughs) and and just feel hope, right? Hope about the future and about getting older and feeling like, yeah, it gets to get better.
0: Amazing. Where can everybody find you online? Share your usernames, or if there's any certain websites to check out, so that they can learn more from you.
1: Yeah, I have an Instagram account, Erica Alsborn. I'm usually always shadow banned. So sometimes it's a bit tricky to find me, but it's, um, it exists. Um, Mm -hmm. If it's hard to find me there, you can Google my name or go to my uh, website, uh, ericaalsborn.com. I don't know if you'll put the links in somewhere, but yeah, I'll be below. Yeah. So maybe if someone has a hard time on like spelling that, um, you'll find me. I have a podcast called Yes Please. It's on all the podcast platforms, and uh, yeah, I I think that's it. And I I do one on one coaching, and I have online courses like Slut Academy and Shameless and Pleasure Treats, and um, a birth course will come as well at some point when I have the chance to create it. So there's there's a lot of juiciness available. Amazing,
0: amazing, amazing! Thank you so much, Erica. This was very informative very like very insightful and it was a pleasure
1: thank you i enjoyed it oh, it was a pleasure hey 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 <laughs> that was good that was good <laughs> <laughs>